Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Ready to Lead. My name is Richard Lindner, I'm your host, and joining uh, us today is the beautiful, the lovely, the talented, the wise, <laughs> ha, so many other things, the one and only Mr. AKA Coach Jeff Mask. Jeff, welcome as always, thank you. These things are just gonna keep getting longer. Uh, I'm gonna do some research and keep a running list, but welcome to the podcast again, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure and awkward is one word that mm -hmm. comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we get further down the list of acceptable compliments and adjectives, we will get more and more specific in around hair and eyes, and it's going to get weird. <laughs> but I think we lean into it. It's somewhat of, of kind of a ritual of the show now, because I said it was just now. So we got to do it. But all joking aside today, today is going to be, you know, fun, another fun episode, right? And I say fun in, in, in kind of a not so fun kind of meaning. We're going to dive into to a, a topic today that, that is fun comfortable, right? It, it's, it's uncomfortable, especially for early uh, stage, early career leaders, but it's one that's critical in all aspects. Today's episode is going to be for you uh, and your ears should perk up and listen up. If you've said, especially lately, something's off. Something is just off. We, I feel like we're surface level with our team. I feel like we're surface level on the impact we could be having. I feel like we're surface level or like scratching the surface of hitting the goals we could be hitting like something is off. I've felt it. I've, I've communicated it to, to Jeff. And, you know, we thought it was important because in having the conversation, he was like, man, you're not the only one. And in talking to our, our, our mastermind and, and coaching clients, same thing. Everyone feels like right now something is off. Jeff, why do you think that is? Oh, man. Leading people was already difficult in a pre-COVID world, um, mm -hmm. trying to assess human dynamics, human behavior. But you, you layer on virtual environments where people aren't used to interacting and communicating and people aren't quite sure how to really go there how to engage in healthy conflict and there's a lot more superficial conversation and a mm. lot more dabbling than there used to be because there's just a different sense it's harder to read it's harder to assess and and i think it feels somewhat okay but I, that's artificial harmony as Lencioni mm. calls it, which I think is great. But the true harmony comes when you can mine for conflict and help people really speak their truth. But in a virtual world, it's it's proving to be a little bit more difficult for many organizations. Not all, but many. I'll tell you, it, it is here. I pride myself uh, a bit in my ability to mine for conflict, You know, to use Lencioni's term. It, it was something that I kind of leaned into. I realized that one of my weaknesses as a leader was conflict avoidance. And when I identify a weakness, I just decide that I'm going to lean all the way into it, get the muscle memories, muscle memory, get the reps and, and, and actually make it a strength. I had crossed that chasm in my career. 
Mm. Like identifying, like I could smell people that, that were avoiding saying what was really there. I could, I mean, I was like one of those truffle pigs when it came to, (laughs) to conflict uh, that needed to happen, right? Like healthy conflict that was being avoided, that had to be resolved for our customer, for our company, for our team. I could smell it. And, and I could, I could pull it out of people. Right. And, and so much so that in our, our strategic planning sessions, our, our quarterly sprint planning sessions, I always start off with ground rules and meeting goals. And one of them is, you know, healthy conflict is good and let everyone know that it's my job to be a healthy, right. To, to figure it out and mine for it. But I'll tell you, I am having as much trouble with that right now, man, maybe more than I did when it was a problem, when I indicate when I when I was when I had someone call me and say like this is your street, it's probably you, but I don't know. Um, definitely someone smart and handsome. But had someone <laughs> call me on that, I'm having as much trouble right now in 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 identifying that conflict and definitely in instigating it. And and it's for all the reasons you said, like it the virtual thing, but not just when the when the conflict occurs, there's not enough reps for me in doing meaningful work with people side by side, live and in person, shoulder to shoulder. And and when I when that that in person connection ha, maybe it's not gone, but it's not as frequent, it's not as close, it's not as often as it used to be. I am having trouble not only building the connection to know when something's off but also feeling like I've got enough relational equity to, to take someone to the mat for the right reasons, but to come out with the desired outcome. Like, and, and I'll tell you, I am not alone. When I've had this conversation, it, it sparks some of the longest conversations I've had in a long time with other, other leaders. So my favorite thing in the world to do, not only in, in this podcast, but in, in real life is say, we, great, we agree on the problem. Mm-hmm. Jeff, how do we fix it? Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Silver bullet. Here we go. Just kidding. Uh, so if you're listening and, and this is resonating with you and you feel like, oh, great, maybe I'm not the only one. Good. Mission accomplished. If you're not, it's definitely something that's occurring. What I like to say, one of the reasons why I've loved this pandemic, I know that's weird that I just said that, is that anything that was a bit of a weakness that we were kind of able to overcome in, in our quote unquote normal work environments, it's exacerbated in a virtual environment. And so what I like about it is it's it's actually a blessing in disguise to help us determine what parts of our leadership need to be up-leveled, need to improve. And when we look at it that way, it's much more of a fun journey and a quest versus a tiring, taxing, draining exercise to lead people. So just a little plug to, to just hopefully add some inspiration and some lift in your mindset to go, it's, it's all good. One, we validate it, it's totally normal. Two, it's just a good opportunity to determine what what I can do better. Why do I say that? Hmm. Because those that are struggling most with conflict resolution, with just high, high, high conflict communication in general, typically are the ones that were decent at it in a quote unquote normal work environment. And so it's all good. Now we get to work on, well, now what do I do? So the first thing is to recognize that it exists. The only unsolvable problem is the unnamed problem. So once we name the problem and realize, okay, there is an aversion to conflict. That's what it is. Let's just call it out. Once we recognize that, then we can go through the process of, all right, now, how do we do that? Now, referencing a a previous episode, 
if you remember the four zones of leadership, the bottom right zone is the friend zone. Aversion to conflict, trying not to hold people accountable because you don't want to ruffle feathers, you don't want to offend people, you want to you know keep good graces and you want to really be liked. That is one of the reasons why we don't go into the danger zone of, of conflict. So our egos tell us that it's dangerous. And so just recognizing, ah, that that's happening. And very often it happens in our personalities when we're conflict averse and we just do not like to go there. If you continue to avoid going there, the cycle will continue. And what is at best apathetic work environment can go at worst to super toxic. Lots of entitlement, lots of just backbiting, lots of gossiping, lots of just lack of unity to say the least. So if you're feeling like you can avoid it, I'm just warning you now, just don't avoid it. Anything we avoid gets bigger and uglier and hairier and more difficult. Face it, just go straight through the storm. So recognize there's a problem, name it. Secondly, understand why, why that cycle exists. And then here's another tool that I love. This helped me about, hmm, I wouldn't say a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago. A book called Three Laws of Performance. Such a great book. I'll give a very high level synopsis of, of the three laws. The, the first law is how people perform correlates to how situations occur to them. So, you know, to use more simpler, simpler words, you know, however we see the world, that's how we're going to show up. The second one is really intriguing. It's how a situation occurs it arises actually in how we speak in our language. And that's what I want to get to more than anything right now. This, I believe, is one of the reasons why the cycle continues. Because we see a particular situation from our own lens, and then our language only validates and anchors that situation. And until we have the humility and the self-awareness to recognize there are other people that are seeing it differently, and that our own held biases our own way of seeing the world, our behaviors that we're looking to validate the biases that we have, that is what's getting in the way of really going deep into conflict. And it sounds kind of heady, I get that. But let's break it down. It's actually pretty cool. But before I do, Richard, anything you want to clarify? Yeah, I, I, I want to go back a little bit. There was so much good <laughs> stuff there. And one of the things that I think would be very helpful was in kind of that first step, like we recognize it, we name it, we address it, kind of take action immediately, right? How do we know? I yeah. mean, the the whole like something's off, sniff out conflict, that's a tough like, totally. you know, that could just be, you shouldn't have eaten that spicy food right. last night. Something's <laughs> off, right? I mean, like if everything is like, I need to go find and, and instigate conflict for my yeah. organization, that's dangerous. So I think for me, selfishly, which I'd like to think maybe it's helpful to other listeners as well, like what are some of the signs? Like how do yes. we know if, if we're trying right. to diagnose from something's off to something's off in this department or something's off between these two people or ah, here yeah. is the uh, where the issue is, yes. walk me through that. Yeah, here are the, here are the common signs. Number one, the conversations in public do not mirror the conversations in private. <clears throat> when they're okay, different. Okay, unpack that for me. Yeah. When they're different, you know you've got an issue. For example, you're in a leadership team meeting. People are saying A, B, and C. 
And your spidey sense is saying, I don't know if that's totally accurate. Then you are one-on-one -on -one with an individual and they're saying X, Y, Z or X, Y, Z, depending on what part of the world you're in. Hmm. And, and they're very completely cultured. saying, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. But seriously, they're saying completely different messages. And then so, you as the leader, go ahead. So A, B, and C. Like, let's dive into this. I'm going to drill you a little bit more on this one because okay. I think we're. Get more specific. I, I think right. this is this so, is it. A, B, and C is that like positive, rah rah. Everything's good. Let, let's like, say it's this. I'll, I'll actually give a real example. Okay. Yeah, our marketing leads are. Yeah, we're trending in the right direction. Uh huh. Yeah, and we we really feel like we'll hit our revenue target for the end of the month and end of the quarter. Yeah, I think things may be a little bit off, but we we can get back on track and we're okay. A, B, C. Okay. X, Y, Z. We now we're in X, Y, Z is one on one. One on one. Okay. Now I'm one on one. We are so far behind in our marketing leads. There's no way we can get back. I don't have confidence that the marketing leader has any idea what she's doing. Mm. And I, 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 my there sales is. team is now completely unraveled and they're looking for jobs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Why didn't yeah. you share this in the team meeting? You Bingo. nodded and smiled and said everything was okay. So that's a, that's, that's a great telltale sign conversations in public are different than they are in private. When that's and, occurring, we've got an And such a great example um, because and going back to you know something else you said, like the people who are feeling it now, uh, a lot of the things that when our reality shifted are the people that used to be good at something that now may be struggling with it. Like that can Correct. send us spiraling in life. I know Correct. for me, it sends me for a loop and specifically on this one, I can tell you if that conversation were more than likely live in person, if that, if, if my, 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 my weekly leadership meeting is immediately after this podcast, mm -hmm. it is virtual though. It's harder and harder to, to look at all the windows of, of a virtual meeting and, and, you know, zoom or team or whatever the heck you're using and, and go like something's off there. The body language mm -hmm. is off the, the, you know, kind of this is I'm just picking up something. So we got to look for different leading indicators. We got to yes. look for different, you know, different context clues mm -hmm. than the ones we used to, we used to use if we're not in virtual. I'll tell you for us, another thing that's happened, we have hired team members that have come on board that no, that don't live in, in the same area that we're in mm -hmm. and because we were in a virtual environment. And it's one of the reasons we went completely virtual. Right. There are people that have never had that consistent, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out, shoulder to shoulder time. So we're not building the same level of trust oh. through consistency of just doing the work. So this is great. Like I can see myself missing that the need to trigger that conflict in the meeting, but now that you have it, right, we've recognized it because when someone, you know, is either silent or even worse, like mm -hmm. agreeing with something right, right. publicly in, in a group setting it. and then right. coming back to you, like, I know that, I know that he said this, but I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think he, he actually has this under control. I think my team's going to suffer. Uh, it's like, whoa, yeah. that's you know? Funny. Yeah. So that's red flag. Number one. Public okay. conversations are different than private That's conversations. Good. Red flag number two, when you, someone used to be able to deliver results on time better than expected, and now they're delayed and or just completely off, and they don't seem to communicate anything about it, red flag. And they're just, there's something off on their energy. Their word isn't their bond anymore. Those 
seemingly small things, if aren't if, if not addressed sooner than later, can become so. It's not just additions. underperforming; it's underperforming and and a lack of of communication, maybe acknowledgement. Yeah, definitely. And I'm repeating this back the way yes. I heard it. Okay, making sure yep. I, I got it. Yep, you got it. And a third indicator of things that are just feeling a little bit off is when you can see departments no longer aligning and there's lots of infighting or just just some friction what i what i like to say here is if there's two percent variance variance of alignment at the executive level or senior leadership team level you can 10 to 50x that in the department level so at a leadership team level if you feel like there's a little bit of misalignment and you just kind of skirt over it, if there's small alignment at the leadership team level, it's 25 to 50% worse at the team level. And, mm. and people just feel, they know there just isn't trust, there's an alignment. So when you start seeing departmental issues, and the reason why I mentioned the departmental issues, it's easier to detect than it is to detect a 1% to 2% variance off on the leadership team. I'll, I'll give a couple of examples of the departmental conflict or lack of alignment. One of the telltale signs for me when this is happening is you see people, you see one department go around the other one. Yes. So when it's like, well, normally H I go through HR on this for a hire, but you know, I posted this one over here and maybe it's like, I even put it on my personal card. These yeah. are indications that, yeah. w w you know, when, when conflict needs to happen, it's almost certainly a, a lack of, of trust. Trust has been yeah. broken at some point and it, and it needs to be repaired. It can't be repaired until there's, I mean, you think about it in your personal relationship, right? Like say you're sorry, AKA repent, like acknowledge, apologize, right. Right. like tell, you know, figure out a way that it's not going to happen again. Both parties feel heard, understood. We now have a pin that we can put in the map that, that it's over and, and we move on. That has to happen. But when you, when you want to, to, to kind of figure out like, is conflict happening? Are departments going around other departments? Mm -hmm. Is sales going, well, we're creating our own goals for yep. the number of marketing leads that we get because we just don't think that we can get theirs. Is, you know, is someone going around the HR hiring process? Is someone not going to the internal team to have something built, but instead engaging yes. in an external company yes. or, or contractor? These are all indications that there is conflict under the surface that needs to be bubbled up because it's only going to to get worse. The divide's only going to get further. So these are great. Like these are great examples of if you're listening to this and it started with something's off. You know, how do you diagnose the problem? The next step, like you know, are there public conversations different than the private conversations? Is everyone generally positive about our our chance of success or or the way that the company's performing in a group setting, but one on one critical and and you know has a real lack of confidence there? Previous high performers are underperforming, and and more that there's a lack of acknowledgement or communication on their part, and departments are are no longer in alignment. They're going around one another. Like these are three really strong indications that somewhere in your company is conflict that needs to be bubbled up, that needs to be addressed to be able to move on. Okay, great. So recognize it, name it, address it. I'm going to kind of drill in here a little bit too. If we, if I used to be good at it and I'm having trouble with this, then I don't believe I'm alone. How do we address conflict appropriately 
is there a framework for our, our kind of virtual or pseudo virtual or, or less in-person world? Or heck, even if nothing changed for you, how do we, yeah. how do we address conflict appropriately that leads to the desired end result, which is alignment? Yeah. So, yeah, in order to address it, you have to, you have to identify it, check. We've mm -hmm. already talked about that. Then once you've identified it, how do you actually approach it versus, versus completely avoid it? Because what happens, even when we identify it, very often we avoid we we give all sorts of excuses and say i can't right now because i'll big get project. to that later yep big project and then once we avoid a week or so then the issue is no longer a big issue and we move on and as we've quoted many times before what we tolerate is much louder than what we preach and so when we tolerate poor behavior or misalignment we're just saying yeah no big deal right so when the avoidance cycle happens and if you're in that avoidance place right now it's critical to ask why the first reason typically i just don't like conflict the second reason is i like to be in the friend zone you could argue they're the same but they're a little bit different because you want to try and placate and make sure that people are you know your buddies and and that you're not the enemy when that avoidance occurs the snowball happens and a crap storm is coming so the sooner you can go through the storm the better but but a lot of people don't want to go there and and here's why Going back to the book that I was mentioning, The Three Laws of Performance, listen to language, listen to your own language. The language that we're using validates the point of view that we have. And, and if you think about that, there's a, there's a term that they use in that book called rackets, like a tennis racket. So think of it like this. When we have all sorts of stories that are going on, all sorts of beliefs that we believe are true, it's all stuffed in a dirty closet. And just like in our homes, think of the closet in your home that you just, you don't want any guests to ever see. And you the just kind of put stuff there. Yeah, just, exactly. Or big junk. Right? <laughs> and you just think, oh boy, there's so much there. How does it feel when you finally organize that closet or that drawer? It's just like, ah, oh, you know where things are. It's cleaner. You just get rid of the junk. And it's like, ah, oh. it, there's just, there's something about that experience that feels great. Maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is. The point that they're making is we have stories that are collecting junk and dust in our in our quote unquote closets in our minds that we need to just let go of. And and when we have these stories, they call they call them rackets. We look for different ways to validate the racket. So, for example, a racket has four elements. There's a persistent complaint that we have about something or someone. And then there's a pattern or behavior that that person does that aligns with that complaint that only validates, see, here it is again. And then there's a payoff when you continue the complaint. It's like, it validates that I'm right. Then lastly, there's a major cost to that behavior that hurts. So let's, let's actually take this from theory to real, real world application. In, in years past, I've led sales teams and, and client service teams. So people that bring in the customer, people that take care of the customer. Here are the age old rackets. On the sales team, the racket that exists with, with client service is client service is lazy. They will do the bare minimum and they don't really go above and beyond to, to take care of anyone. Once, once it's quote unquote five o'clock, they're out. The, on the opposite side, the client services side, the rackets they have on sales, and you're probably laughing at this right now because you're thinking, wow, are you looking into my company? Turns out it wasn't just the companies that I led. It's across the board. So here's what client, client services company or people say about salespeople. You can guess what I'm about to say. Salespeople are selfish. 
slimy, mm. dishonest, and really greedy. All they care about is their own commission check, and they'll do anything they can to get that money, and nothing else matters. They say they care about the client, but they really care about their own pocketbook. Both are right and both are wrong. But the problem is with that racket, when they see any ounce of behavior that validates that thinking, it's further solidified. So then when you go to actually address the conflict, you're addressing it from a place of your truth and you're only looking to be validated to be right with that truth that you have versus just actually letting go and saying, maybe there's a different way to look at this. And so this is one of the reasons why conflict avoidance occurs because we're so set in our own way of thinking that there's nothing that's gonna prove us otherwise. It just is what it is. Salespeople are selfish and slimy and service people are totally lazy and could care less about the business and about the client. So what's going to change? So if we don't actually acknowledge that those rackets exist and then have the humility to inspect them and to clear the closets, we're not going to move forward. And this is the point in three laws mm. of performance. Performance doesn't occur if we don't have the self-awareness and the humility to actually voice these because they're painful. They're, they can be potentially offensive. And so we hold on to them thinking it's protecting the other individual only to get in our own way of letting performance to really be in a fluid place. Too much friction exists when we hold on to these rackets. So I know a lot of this is going deep and a lot heady, but it I believe to. it's critical to, I, I agree. I think it needs yeah. to because it's so subconscious. We don't even realize it's going on. Yeah. So, so what question, I heard, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, just to repeat back what I heard and I'm kind of, you know, I'm not the, the, the sharpest tool in the shed. So I try to break <laughs> things down. I heard that the stories that we tell ourselves form our bias and our bias becomes truth. Yes. And when something validates what we believe, then there's no point in, in having conflict because why would it change? Correct. Correct. There's okay. no changing it. Exactly. There's no change. Well it, it is truth. Therefore conflict is uncomfortable and also pointless. And I think that's Correct. the, I think, I think that is the root cause. Like in thinking that you're not going to change it, doesn't matter. Why would I do it? It's not going to change anything anyway. Yep. That is the enemy. That yep. is yep. like conflict is not like conflict avoidance. Isn't the enemy. It's the root cause of conflict avoidance. That is the enemy, you know, right. and inherently you cannot fix our human nature to avoid the things that are painful. We just yep. have to change the mechanism and show the pleasure uh, receptor at the end of the pain. Like if it is yes. worth it, you'll have it. It's yes. not worth it if you if you believe that nothing will change. So if nothing will change and it's painful, avoid. Yep. If we can flip it to where here's what I can change, here's why it must change for the company, for the customer, for the team, and we can stop telling ourselves those those false truths then I bet you conflict avoidance isn't a problem anymore because right. now you believe you can change it. You know that it is necessary to change and you know on the other side of conflict is success and success equals pleasure. So yep. okay. that's, Here, that's what I heard. A beautiful, beautiful recap. Seriously, like mic drop, amazing. Now let's blow our listeners' minds. Oh. Get, get ready. Here, here's the mind blow. So, so now let's simplify everything that we just said. The two root, re, root cause reasons why we avoid conflict are number one, a human need to be liked. Number two, a universal truth that we believe can never be changed. 
Now let's get simplified and down to both of those. What's the core of both of those? Ego. Lack of humility. That is the root of all of this. And I love simplifying truths like this to go, oh, and then it's a, then it's a moment to go, all right, where's my ego flaring? Mm. What, where, where is that? And how can I improve that? But if we won't look in the mirror and we don't really admit to ourselves those ego-driven reasons why we don't face conflict, we're never going to do it because we're always going to be right or we always need to be liked. And both of those inhibit our progress individually and collectively as a team and a company. And that is why I love leadership. Almost invariably, it comes back to us looking in the mirror and saying, how am I a part of this problem? And what have I done to create this? And very often it's our ego. We're just in our own way. And that's why we need great people to lead us and help us to call us out and to, to care enough about the individual to go there. Otherwise, it's just a job. We're just getting a paycheck. We're maybe getting some equity, whatever it is, whatever the selfish reason is. It's like a nice means to an end. But why not make work epic? Why not make it so enjoyable that it actually makes us, enables us to be a much better person at home as well? How cool is that? That is meaningful. That's deep. That drives people to do, do our best work. I'll tell you something that you said earlier led to a realization because, and, and, and oh, I firmly believe that while we may play up different aspects of ourselves in different scenarios, some of those scenarios are I'm at work um, leading my team. Some of those scenarios are I'm at work, a part of my team. Some of those scenarios are, I firmly believe that how you are one place is just how you are in all places. Boy, if you get used to conflict avoidance at, at the office professionally, what happens is that spills over and that is just the way you deal with conflict Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Right? Like back to something, you know, that I heard Chris Hogan say forever ago, good, you know, good managers will make people good at their job. Good leaders will make people good at their lives. If we change the way that our team deals with conflict professionally, we change the way that our team deals with conflict, period. Mm -hmm. Conflict in their lives that are keeping them from having their best relationship with their partner, their best relationship, you know, with, with their siblings, with their parents, with, with, you know, with their children, right? We are, we are able as leaders to, to change the course of someone's life, but only if we have the hard conversations. Beautiful. So don't allow something one to, to, to let your organization or your team be less than what it should be because then you're serving the customer less than, than the way that you could, mm-hmm. right? You're affecting the economy less than, than you could. But don't allow that to happen and then spill over into your life. And what Jeff said, you know, look in the mirror. There's a couple of things there. If, if we break down what <coughs> good people do to get better, what employees do, to try to grow professionally, they model the person that's in the seat that they one day aspire to have. Mm-hmm. It's just another way of saying that I learned it by watching you. Mm-hmm. I learned it by watching you. The things that you do while holding a seat of authority in your company are the things that other people intentionally do. 
because they think it's the way it's supposed to happen. So when you look in the mirror, you got to look at it like, what is your worst day? What are those bad habits creating future leaders across your company? Right. And are you really going to exit someone from the company for doing the thing that you taught them how to do? This is big. Yeah. Conflict and, and having these high conflict communications, if we can rechange our wiring and come at it from a place of power and responsibility and resolution, not conflict, let's start, let's stop freaking talking about conflict. Start talking about resolution. Yeah. Maybe we just call it something different. Mm-hmm. The goal is the end, not the middle. Right. Totally. Totally. I alluded to that at the very beginning when I said going into the danger zone. Right. Mm-hmm. It, I, I believe it totally is us, us, our need to flip the script that conflict isn't danger. Conflict is actually the joy and the happiness and the blessing that comes from achieving something great. And when we can see the outcome at the end from the beginning, our ability and our desire to push through that conflict and actually embrace it versus avoid it and be scared of it, it it increases significantly. And then it's great. And you have that little moment of awkwardness, as I say all the time, awkward, then onward. There's just a little Mm. bit, just get Mm. over that, get over that little, little hump and then you're good to go and reframe it in your mind. It isn't a fight. It isn't awkward. It isn't difficult. It's actually something that will bless their lives and bless our customers' lives. And as a leader, I get to do that versus, oh, I have to do it. The simple get to versus have to, because there's a much better outcome once we get through that versus avoiding, de- denying, or just hoping that it's not so so bad and then it just balloons out of control. That's flip, big. Flip our mindset. I get to resolve this underlying conflict today. I get to model conflict resolution. I get to change these two people or these two departments day to day because once this is over tomorrow will be better i get to do that because i'm a leader truly that's big it is it's, it's amazing so here's here are a couple resources the three laws of performance are great and radical candor of course we've talked about that before as well it's great also susan scott's book which is totally escaping me right now we'll put it in the show notes that one is phenomenal and why am I completely blank? It's in my book bookshelf, but I love that one. It's <laughs> so, so good. I can't remember the name. Those are three great ones when it comes to communication. Fierce conversations. Is Thank the you. Book you're, you're Fierce conversations. About. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I completely forgot, but it's a fabulous. Those, those are great tools. Then here's one action and it's going to sound super elementary and bizarre. I want you to Google babe the movie. Yeah, I said it. That one like mm. back in 95 tragic day there's a clip on youtube that just shares this this particular scene it teaches rackets and our own way of believing so well in such a powerful lesson to help us realize wow what what universal truth do i hold so true that no one could ever change me otherwise and whose lives am i affecting by holding on to that literally this is a life and death situation that that is being addressed that's awesome but it teaches that principle so well. So that's an action. Just look at it. It's a four minute clip, totally worth it. Very worth teaching your team with that as well and having a team building experience, great. The other action is this, build into your meeting rhythm, face-to-face time. If it's quarterly, if it's monthly, whatever it is right now, I believe it's important to get together. If you can't and you're in a totally global environment and you're not able to, I get it. 
But if you can, it's it's worth every ounce of investment in, in that to be able to well, have figure a out, rhythmic trust building. Mm-hmm. Figure out Go how ahead. often that needs to be for you, for your team, yeah. for your organization. And you know, make the commitment, make the investment. Maybe it's you know, maybe right now it's once a month. Maybe it moves to once a quarter, maybe it goes to once a year. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you push it out to once a year and you go, oh no, retreat, retreat right. back to once a quarter. But right. figure out what it is and and if even if you're getting together, even if you are you you're physically working in the same space, figure out how often you need to have you need to break bread together, right? How often totally. do you need to, to to meet outside of work? And I don't necessarily mean, you know, in a in like a bar or restaurant environment, but like what are those experiences, shared experiences that you need to have that allow you to feel the trust to have these right. these conversations? Right. Which is another episode in and of itself of how to actually mm. organize and design a great experience together that will build deep bonds for another day. But thank you for everyone for listening. I, I, I invite you to look in the mirror and determine where, where you can improve and be better when it comes to conflict and seeing it as a blessing versus a burden. Welcome to leadership. Gotta love it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thank you, Jeff. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.